0: I'm a Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another podcast. Thanks for clicking on this. Uh, today, we're going to talk about bariatric surgery. Uh, I'm going to share some helpful tips and information about bariatric surgery because I do get that question a lot, as well as some stuff to prepare for beforehand and what to expect afterwards. I'm going to share my experience and kind of what I went through and hopefully prepare you if you are uh, going the route of having either the gastric bypass, uh, like I did, uh, the gastric sleeve, uh, the duodenal switch, uh, or there is a... Um, Gastric band. They don't do the gastric band as much anymore, uh, but there are three main ones the sleeve, the bypass, and uh, the duodenal switch. From my understanding, the sleeve is essentially taking a portion of your stomach out. Um, the reduced stomach size uh, allows you to eat not as much. Uh, With the gastric bypass, you're actually rerouting a portion of the intestine, uh, as well as detaching a portion of the stomach. And the duodenal switch is pretty much a mixture of them both. So um, it's really important to understand, uh, first off, is uh, that you've got to know that going into a major surgery like this, that this is a life-changing, life-altering decision. Now, I know if you're getting the gastric sleeve, it's just minimizing your stomach. You can extend that stomach back out uh, at some point, but you're having a major surgery. So something to keep in mind before considering a major surgery is, uh, have you spoken to your doctor? Have you spoken to your family? Have you exhausted all efforts as far as trying to uh, overcome um, obesity, overcome uh, you know being overweight or having health issues? Have you tried... And exhausted all efforts? And do you have the recommendation from your doctor? That that would be the big thing I would focus on first with uh, my particular journey at 534 pounds. I began to gain some weight in areas that were very troubling for me, for me to continue life. Essentially, I gained a lot of my weight in the chest and uh, neck area after my midsection pretty much got to where it couldn't go anymore. So I started noticing some issues sleeping and uh, I didn't, of course go to the doctor to try and get my probably sleep apnea prescribed or diagnosed but i'm pretty sure i have it had it i just avoided the doctor simply because i didn't want them to tell me what i needed to do i knew i knew i knew i needed to lose weight but i didn't want someone to tell me that i needed to lose weight so i avoided that as much as possible so um You know, If you are preparing for bariatric surgery, um, there's a couple things, or or I would say there's six things that you really need to focus on uh, to prepare for and to really get ready for what's to come. Because once the bariatric surgery happens, it's essentially like you're hitting a wall. You can no longer do things the way you could do things before. And essentially everything in regards to your eating habits, exercise, and um, just how you're living is going to completely change. And just be prepared for that, that it's going to completely change. Uh, It is a major surgery, so you are going into something that is serious. And so I think really emphasizing that, that it is serious, it is a serious decision, and it's not something you just walk into a clinic and get. It's something that you really have to take some time and thoroughly think that out or process that decision to do that. Now, it is a um, way, it is a route that I have seen do remarkably well for a lot of people. I've had anywhere from my boss to close friends have it, and I've seen major, major success. So I do think it is a good route. For those that uh, want to go about the sleeve, the bypass, the duodenal switch, your option for the weight loss surgery, if that is best for you, I support it. I'm always about it in the sense that if you ever shoot me a message on Instagram and you need support, you need ideas, you need help, uh, I'd be happy to give what I can in the time that I'm allowed. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I put together this podcast, just really emphasizing everything bariatric surgery and stuff that I've learned. So let's kind of get right into the six things I would adequately prepare for. If you have a notepad or a piece of paper, um, you can kind of jot these things down. Or if you want to save this podcast at a later time and go back to it uh, or just continue to play it uh, until uh, you know everything is kind of down. Really, that's how I was successful on my journey. The information they gave me, I listened to it over 50 times. Whether it was a booklet that they gave me, a seminar, a video that I uh, they gave me, I watched it, watched it. It was like I could probably teach it the amount of times that I watched it or read it. I, I could teach from it. And maybe that's why I'm here today. I'm able to speak to it because I've just dived right into the bariatric life beforehand and afterwards. So in regards to kind of the six things that I would start off with, the first one would be walking, 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 walking because you're having major surgery, you want to make sure that your body is in a position to have the proper circulation, to have the proper stamina and endurance to go through a major surgery. Don't just start walking after the surgery. Okay. When the surgery happened that's what i'm going to start that's when i'm going to go for a walk no start beforehand because if you're going through a complete life change imagine if you instituted something before the surgery and it became a little bit of a normal thing for you to do and then you have the surgery then it's not you just all of a sudden starting something it's you essentially getting into something that you're used to that's why it's really important to start small If you could just do a lap around your block, just do a lap around your block. If it's up and down your driveway, it's up and down your driveway. Whatever you can do to start small and institute something very minor, so that way you're used to it after the surgery, I would do that. I would absolutely start walking. For my friends out there that have difficulty walking, Honestly, getting on the edge of a chair and working, um, to the extent of standing up and then sitting back down three sets of 15. If you can't do three sets of 15, do one set of 15, do what you can monitor it, write it down and then move forward the next day or the next week. Try to do more, continue to improve your circulation stamina so you can be prepared for after the surgery, because really that's when the rubber meets the road that's when things are full speed ahead you've had the surgery it's time to maximize a major surgery by taking advantage of it and biggest thing to start with is walking Uh, next adequate research this is i mean To be honest with you, a part of your research is probably listening to this podcast, understanding a little bit more about my experience, what to do before, what to do afterwards. Uh, Do your adequate research. There are so many publicized information online through Harvard, through Johns Hopkins University that I read into about how to overcome Uh, food addiction, how to utilize the surgery for your success, uh, what to do before, what to do after, meal plans. There is so much free information online that the research that you do ahead of time is going to prepare you. I mean, imagine going into an exam, a a final, and not having you know, done any study. You're going to put yourself in a position of being more lost than actually knowing information beforehand. Uh, next one, nutrition education. This is huge nutrition education. Obviously, whatever your top weight was for me, it was 535, 34 pounds. There was a way that I did things with food that got me to 534 pounds whatever your relationship with food is, whatever your relationship with nutrition is, it got you to your top weight. So starting before the surgery to start really looking at labels, understanding what is going to make you successful. You know, big thing that they talk about after surgery is protein. So start researching and looking into what are high protein items that I can include. If you're going to have to go through the liquid stage, the puree, the soft diet stage, all of those stages have high protein sources throughout them all. And so those through those protein sources, research them beforehand. So you know that when that surgery happens and you get out of the hospital and you're at home, you've got that stuff already in the fridge. You're not all of a sudden going shopping for stuff that you're going to already need when you get home. Because if you show good signs after surgery of being able to uh, walk, and I think one of the big signs for you to be released from the hospital was passing gas. You, if you're able to do that relatively quickly, you're going to be home in a couple days. So having that stuff beforehand is really important. Number four support if you haven't joined a Facebook group, I would do it. If you haven't joined or, or gotten on Instagram, if you don't feel comfortable sharing your journey, you don't have to, but join Instagram, start an Instagram, leave the, um, the profile picture blank or, or leave it of something else and just simply go on there, be private and just follow people that inspire you. Say if you're following my account, my wife's account, other accounts on here, simply utilize them as a resource for support. Maybe shoot them a DM, see if you have any uh, questions that you can get answered. I don't know how busy the other. you know, say Instagrammers are or other people, but if you're able to get one or two questions answered by somebody that you look up to, that's phenomenal support. Join a Facebook group, uh, Bariatric Socials. what I'm a part of right now. That's like an 85,000 member group on Facebook. Join a support group. Start having open conversations. Find people that are uh, connected with you in the sense that maybe they had the same weight as you to start. Maybe they have uh, the body that you're looking to look like at the end. Maybe there are certain workouts, certain nutrition plans that they were a part of. Um, surround yourself with support. That's huge. Number four, support is going to be huge. Now, number five is monitor your weight. Monitoring your weight is going to be really important because you want to know how you're prepared ahead of time in the sense that, okay, what was your weight a week before, two weeks before, three weeks before? How did your weight fluctuate through the liquid phase, the liquid diet before surgery? For the most part, and I know it's different per bariatric surgeon, but I had to go on a two-week um Liquid or uh, soft food stage, just so my stomach would reduce enough so that they could get in there and perform the work that they did. They almost called off my surgery, but they ended up actually doing a sixth incision simply because my stomach was so big and my stomach did not reduce as much as it needed to for them to actually do everything that was needed with five incisions. So I actually have six incisions and they're gone now, you can't see them, but I had six incisions instead of five just because they had no room to work what they needed to uh, because my stomach and my chest area got so large. So monitoring your weight's important. Uh, You're gonna look back on that. When you get down to your goal weight, when you get down to the weight that you have been wanting to get down to for years, you're gonna wanna look back on tracking your weight. You're gonna wanna look back on those pictures. Um, You know, you might not feel comfortable taking pictures now. Take those pictures. If you don't wanna look at them, maybe have a a spouse, somebody in your house, take the pictures and save them and come back to them later, whatever is healthy for your mental health, but take those pictures. I feel sometimes that I'm cycling through old pictures and I'm like, nobody wants to see the same old picture. I I take new pictures of myself where I am now and I'm like, you know, this will provide a good contrast. I really try to make my uh, captions kind of speak louder than the picture and that's really where kind of what I focus on, but I wish I had more pictures. I wish I had more videos. It would be so much more relatable if I had more videos and I don't have that many videos because I was avoiding the camera because I was insecure and not happy. Take those pictures, take those videos, do it, do it, do it, do it, take them, take them. You're going to thank me later when you have all these pictures and videos that you're looking back on. You're going to put together a compilation video of your success, Mm -hmm. throw it up on TikTok and. There we go. You, you've got a viral video because of how powerful your video is now because you've shown before and afters and videos. And then the last um, kind of sixth and final tip that I would give to kind of prepare um, for bariatric surgery is attend all the consultations that are available to you by your doctor, by your psychiatrist, whatever consultations you can do beforehand, do it. Talk to a medical professional as much as you possibly can you are having major surgery. You have full right to ask as many questions as you want. Do not feel like you're imposing. Listen, they're cutting you open. If they're cutting you open, you have full right and full regard to ask anything that you want because it's that serious. So make sure that you're asking the questions, anything that you feel um, say insecure about, like uh, how is my skin gonna look? They might not be able to tell you, but they can give you an experience of clients that they've seen after surgery and how it's looked afterwards. Um, attend all those consultations, attend all those meetings, do everything that they ask you to do because I'm telling you, they, they gave me a booklet and because I was so scared of surgery, they gave me a booklet of this is what typically success looks like. I followed that book to the T and here I am today. I'm not here today because of bariatric surgery, I've, I've addressed a lot of the things that got me to my top weight, but really my, my initial success to kind of really address those things firsthand was really following the information that they gave me. So make sure you're getting to all the consultations that are available to you. Um, that, that's a huge, huge important piece. Um, one thing about the actual surgery and, and just some helpful tips on what to bring with you to the hospital, bring undergarments. Uh, I remember the nurse actually after the surgery, he's like, all right, we're just checking certain thing privacy or, or, or keeping your privacy in mind. And this guy lifts up my entire ground. I'm like, um, I, OK, if I didn't have underwear on, I'd be showing half the hospital what I've got going on. Um, you don't want to show the hospital what you got going on. Okay. Keep that, keep that to you and your spouse or whoever you're keep that. Yeah. Keep your privates, privates and, uh, bring undergarments. And as soon as the surgery is done, you feel comfortable putting on undergarments, do it because they will be checking, monitoring, prodding, primping, whatever they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing it a lot. And so you just want to make sure that you're prepared with bringing that, uh, bring a, um, I call it a pregnancy pillow. Honestly, I got the pregnancy pillow after my wife got pregnant. But these pillows are fantastic. They're like this long L-shaped pillow. A lot of pregnant—it's called a pregnancy pillow. If you put it on, on Amazon or on Google, uh, get one of those for the hospital bed. It'll allow you to help. It'll allow and help you sleep better. That's gonna be huge. Bring a back bag with you uh, that's gonna have maybe any preferential water. Maybe the water that the hospital has isn't good. You know, maybe you like flavoring. You're not really a water drinker and you like flavoring like a crystal, sugar-free crystal light is what I utilized, and that really helped. Some are for, some are against crystal light. Me myself, I hate the taste of water. I've always hated the taste of water. So a little sprinkle of the crystal light has helped me a lot. Um, just know uh, when you get into the hospital that it, it, it's it's gonna be very daunting it's going to be very um, intimidating. Uh, I remember almost like this touchless feeling on my body where I couldn't really feel anything. I felt like I was numb because I I, I walked into a room. They had me uh, undress. They had me put on this robe. And here I am, 534 pounds, having to undress. And then I have someone wipe me down with this cloth because they need to wipe you down before surgery. And it just feels... What a feeling that is. Um, what a feeling that is to feel like someone's wiping you down. I, I... It's, it's a tough go if you get in there. So just be prepared mentally uh, for what's, what you're going to see, what you're going to experience, what you're going to feel. Uh, just know it's not going to be the best feeling. Maybe the very first meeting that you had where everybody in a room was telling you what bariatric surgery uh, is felt like a cattle call. I know for me it did felt like there was a bunch of other overweight individuals and here I am just showing up. I wonder what the security guard or people leading this session are thinking. What are they thinking of me? I'm just another big person in here. Um y- you just know that it's just for a time. That if you feel in there you get in there and you get uncomfortable, it's just for a moment. You're going to be home soon. Uh, you're going to be in a safe place soon. You're going to be back around Lovewood soon. You've got to take just that brief moment to get done what needs to get done. If bariatric surgery is your best course of action, uh, get to it, get it done, and utilize that tool to the best of your ability. You don't want to feel like that anymore. I don't want to feel like that cattle call anymore. I don't, I don't. And it pushes me still today that I don't want to go back to that. So use that as a memory that helps drive you when times get tough. Um, Because that's one thing that I'll, I guess, now go into as far as the post-surgery is just because you had the surgery, it does not negate from the difficulty uh, of losing weight. What I mean by that is you're going to have a reduced stomach, so it's going to hurt with anything that you eat. If you eat something you're not supposed to eat ahead of when you're not supposed to eat it, you will throw up. You will potentially hurt yourself or might, might even have a situation where you'll need to go to the hospital. So it, it's major surgery. I'm going to say major surgery a lot because I want to emphasize how much of a decision. This is, this is a major decision. And if you're deciding to make this major decision, that's okay. That's your route. I went, I, I, I had the gastric bypass. Uh, that, that was the route that I took. That was the best route for me. And I took that route and I took advantage of that. And so post-surgery, uh, the big three, and if you want to write this one down, the big three is water, walking, and protein. Find a way to get your water in, find a way to get your walking in and find a way to get your protein in as in regards to um water uh you can do anything from uh what i did is shot glasses because it was very difficult you're not supposed to be drinking from a straw so drinking out of a big old tub of or glass or bottle it just didn't work for me so what i did is i poured Uh, Eight shot glasses of water in front of me and I knew I had to get that done in a certain amount of time So I put those shot glasses in front of me went through them And I was able to time how much water I was getting in One thing you're going to have to do is a breathing machine Make sure you're focusing on breathing beforehand and you're focusing on on breathing afterwards Uh, mindful meditation is a um, it's a podcast that I've done recently that's very important to pay attention to. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would. It talks about mindful meditation and the power of mindful meditation in addressing food addiction. It's going to really help you after surgery because there are things that are going to come up that will make you feel uncomfortable because you'll want to eat for comfort. You'll want to go to food for stability and for strength. And food can't be there because you physically can't take in that food uh, because your stomach's either too small, you'll get sick, you'll throw up. You'll dump. Whatever the case is, food's no longer available to use as a dependency, as a crutch, as a alleviancy. It's not there anymore. So make sure you're working on your mindful meditation, your uh, your breathing techniques. That's really important beforehand and afterwards. Um, Walking. Walking is huge, especially because you just had major surgery. Major surgery has a complication in regards to blood clots in your legs. That's why they have compression things or compression socks on your feet after surgery is because the risk of blood clots is pretty high after surgery. So for me, I asked them, when's the soonest I can get up and safely walk? Now, I think after surgery, they said two hours. I was up in two hours and it's not like, well, I'm going to take it slow. Yes, take it slow. Take it in, take it as slow as you need. But this is your ready, set, go. If you had the surgery, it's your ready, set, go moment. There's no more going back, no more messing around. Would this work? Will I do this? No, you had the surgery. It's already done. It's there. So now that it's there, let's go, let's go. Once as soon as I can stand up and walk. Once as soon as I can get to the edge of the bed. Uh, safely. When can I do those things so I can be successful? Find those things out. Ask those things in those pre-op meetings. Ask those things to your doctor. Um, I remember in my hospital stay, when I got up and walked around, they were shocked on how many times I stood up and walked around. Like, oh, you're out here again. Yep. I'm trying to get out. I'm not trying to be here. I'm not trying to get the looks that uh, a lot of people gave me while I walked in here. I'm not trying for that. No, I, I no. I, I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm up every hour. Uh, 45 minutes, I'm walking. I'm I'm keeping the circulation going. I'm starting off on a fresh foot. I'm taking this opportunity by the horns and I'm taking advantage of it. Um, And I guess that kind of goes into the next point of protein. Do your research beforehand on what good protein sources are out there for you to indulge in or to get into afterwards. Protein is gonna be one of the biggest focal points when it comes to your success on the weight loss surgery. Protein, And even now that I'm four and a half years out and I really don't have, I don't have any kind of limitation for food in the sense that I've been able to actually eat quite a bit during holiday time um, up to the amount I was able to have when I was 534 pounds and not feel any kind of sick or dumping or, or not really feel anything. It kind of feels like I'm back where I was. And so the biggest thing that has allowed me to be successful now four and a half years later is my focus on protein. I've always focused on a higher protein or valuing protein uh, as an intake versus say carbohydrates or sugar. It's not to say carbs are bad. It's not to say that sugar is bad. A a high amount of sugar is, uh, but I've always kept my sugars pretty low. But the focus that I've had was protein. Uh, If you're looking at protein, say during the liquid phase, um, you can do anything from jello shots, um, the liquid um, isopure, which is a, a bottle drink, uh, Premier Protein. Um, there's a lot of liquid protein sources out there. You want to start looking at those and start getting ready to have those in your house. One of the clutch things for me was bone broth. If you haven't gotten bone broth, you need to get it. There is, and what's nice now being connected with Built Bar, if you haven't tried Built Bar, they have, of course, the protein bars and they've got these Built Boosts. but they now are just putting out these broths to where you can actually put these broth in a water and it, be, it becomes a protein source. Find a broth, go to your local store, you can go through Built Bar, whatever the case is, find a broth, a bone broth. That is pretty much... Uh, one of the best liquid protein sources, uh, sugar-free ice pops. There's not much protein in those, but you know what? That's going to help you get your water in, Uh, the sugar-free gelatin or, or jello. That's going to be really uh, important during that time. Um, see what kind of milks are out there that you can have and can tolerate. Like good example, a, a almond milk would be a higher in protein. Flax milk is great. Uh, find those liquidy, uh, clear liquids, um, And again be careful with the milk check with your doctor but the the liquid portion is going to be very important for you to get your water in so look at bone broth look at sugar-free ice pops uh, sugar-free jello look at these um, options uh, almond milk flax milk that give you protein uh, as a source because protein is going to be really very huge Uh, in regards to protein during this uh, puree diet you're looking at yogurt cottage cheese ricotta cheese beef chicken turkey white fish Scrambled eggs, all of these things that can be put in a blender or food processor and mixed up very, very well. Because again, you're still recovering from surgery, so you're going to have to introduce a higher amount of protein. But it's, it can't be something thick or tough. It can't be something that your uh, stomach has a hard time processing. So focus on that. And then in regards to soft foods, you know it, that's where you're getting into eggs getting into the meat, getting into the fish, uh, start looking into tofu, start looking into the higher protein vegetables. Those are going to be really, really important. So it's, it's key to focus on those three things, water, walking, and protein, because those are going to be one of the leading keys of success for you to be, you know, on the successful journey or successful route after surgery, water, walking, and protein. Those are the big three afterwards. Um, one thing I want to say before kind of closing this up is at some point you're going to hit a wall. You're going to hit a wall in the sense that for me, I got to 534 pounds because I dealt with stress. I dealt with emotions and I dealt with uh, my food addiction with food. It was food was my source. You're going to hit a wall where you can no longer utilize food for that. And it gets very uncomfortable. It gets very emotional. So that's why beforehand, those support groups, it's going to be very important to reach out to those support groups and have somebody by your side. Um, there's something that I do, uh, and have opened up recently is accountability coaching. It's essentially an hour, of just a free conversation with me and you on a Zoom call. If that's something that benefits you, I've opened that up. It's not a formal coaching plan, it's not a formal meal plan, but it's essentially accountability to just talk to somebody through what you're experiencing. If you're hitting a wall, if you're frustrated about something, having that opportunity to talk to somebody that's been there, I've opened that up. So I've, I've put that on the uh, link bio on Instagram and on TikTok. So that's available just in case if you need it. But even if you just get the support from the Facebook group or from DMing somebody on Instagram, support's going to be huge because you are going to hit a wall when your food addiction, your food dependency, whatever got you to your top weight is, is going to be, you're going to meet a wall. Uh, It's no longer going to be a source for you to alleviate yourself. So um, be careful with that. Um, Your food addiction will come to a point where it's very uncomfortable. But just know that um, these uncomfortable, uncomfortable feelings uh, are being brought up so that you could address them and move past forward, uh, move past them and move forward past them. Because you being able to maintain your weight loss years later is going to have to do with are you able to address those things that got you to your top weight? And can you talk somebody through rewiring yourself in a way of processing food the healthy way? Not living to eat, but eating to live. Um, there are so many things that I can continue talking about. We're coming upon this kind of 30-minute deadline. I think I want to do a future uh, podcast about you know, three months in, uh, six months in, a year after surgery and what to expect and what to look for. So definitely uh, be on the lookout for that in future episodes. Again, thanks for chiming in and uh, listening to this podcast. If there's any topics, anything in particular you would like me to chat about, I pretty much utilize these 30 minutes to only talk to guests, but also talk to specific topics, anywhere from gout to starting exercise, starting a diet to starting or getting ready for bariatric surgery. So if there's something you would like me to speak to, take those 30 minutes and address. Uh, I am here. For it. Uh, Just want to say it separately and to kind of close this out. uh, Thank you for those that are already supporting. Uh, me and my family through this podcast. Uh, If you ever consider or want to consider uh, supporting, you can actually do that directly through the anchor.fm dashboard. There's a little support button and you can do a monthly subscription of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 pretty much allows me to continue making these and putting these together. So that way I can help as many people as possible, including yourself if you need it. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye.